BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, what's up, world? This is DJ JS1 of the legendary Rocksteady crew. Right now, you're listening to The Library with my man, Tim Einenkel. Strictly the real hip-hop. No names are moving the same. We're staying out the way. We get away with a lot. My quiet thoughts are next guest is a true artist. He's a producer, a photo, photographer, a video photographer, an MC. He's a solo artist and one third of Dilay Peoples. He just released his newest album, Whether or Not He's Evidence. And I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Monaco. Thanks for coming here, man. Thank you for having me. Cool. So, you're not just an MC, but you're producer as i said photographer and videographer can you talk about each of these passions and how they influence each other but then what different forms of expression does each allow you to display that the other ones actually might not yeah so um well the photography thing runs in the blood i guess because my mother was a photographer and uh, probably something she wanted me to do i think i humored her and did like a little bit in a college class one time for a semester to learn it and i kind of did learn a film camera you know and so once you learn a film camera you know, you, you shoot, you can't look at it after you shoot. you got to learn to what to do. And if you don't know your aperture and your shutter speed and you, the film you put in, then you're going to get overexposed or underexposed shots. You know what I mean? And so the, the, um, the, the pain of going through that made me really learn it so that didn't happen anymore. So um, how it kind of worked is music is my thing. That's what I love doing the most. Um, I do come from a graffiti background, so you kind of figure all one plays into the other because – What's graffiti? It's a sketch. It's a fill-in. It's a, it's a highlight, you know. And so it's a rhyme. Same thing. It's an idea. It gets refined. It goes to the mic. What's a photo? Maybe something you take and then edit and crop and who knows? You know what I mean? So they all like are something that you do and then you fuck with a little bit. The um, photography thing was an accident in the fact that my mom passed and I just was kind of felt like okay maybe now's a good time to do a tribute type of thing or maybe look into what she probably would have want me to be doing and that's right when Instagram dropped and the iPhone three came out and so you know i was just like i'll take photos on instagram and not tell people it's a rap thing and um, if they ask me rap questions i won't even answer you know and so it'll just be like this is an outlet for that but keep in mind there was probably only one million people on instagram right right, right. you know what i mean so i I got real popular on that app for doing these kind of photos that i like doing and not and uh just being an anonymous guy <laughs> but then you know the it, where the irony hit is when the app got bigger than twitter and bigger right. than myspace and bigger right, than right. all these things and then um i started running from it a little bit like became <laughs> trapped you know like yeah. oh, is this you is it not what's going on and some people going you rap <laughs> you go, wow you know what i mean like no i like your photos so eventually it's all cut up to where now instagram is kind of like um it's the regular social media so it allows me to 
you know, I can point the camera at myself now and I can, uh, it's not about that. It's mostly what my camera sees, but yeah, I can incorporate my music into it now and I can kind of let everybody know who was following me for photos. Hey, I'm a musician and I can also show my musicians and friends that I'm not just like a limited to one form of art, you know? And so, but when you're taking a photo, are you constantly in a weird way thinking as a lyricist in terms of like well I try to make photos they told me the difference is that you make a painting you make a beat you, know, you <laughs> make a you, you know you, you write a verse right. and then you take a photo what's that all about <laughs> you should be making a photo too so it's not such a documentary thing I try to make them art pieces so I try to, to make the photos you know uh, you talked about your Instagram feed and I was, I was looking at it and the, uh, a couple of photos that really stood out were the black and white um, palm trees uh, right, so can you imagine I've taken a two-year dip from music for like something that's really personal to me, but I'm not sharing why I'm dipping, and I'm putting up a photo of a palm tree. People are like, "Man, fuck your palm tree! <laughs> Where's the music?" You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it gets you become a hostage if you're not transparent in this era. So, um, so what's the? I mean, for you, what's this kind of significant of, of the palm tree? I mean, that's just symbolic of that's like our skyline, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's oh, Venice. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because that's the, that's the thing that you wrote on your your Instagram. One of the photos you wrote, uh, a picture of palm palm screens. There's uh, seagulls as well. It's black and white, and then all you wrote is home. Right. And I was like, that just says so much in terms of like, that's obviously your home. <laughs> yeah, so, this is what. And but I'm from New York City. I'm like, we don't have palm trees here, but we don't have a, you know we don't have seagulls, and we do have seagulls, but you know we don't appreciate them. I think as much. Right. Uh, we don't think about home being a seagulls when you think about New York City. Um, I know. What's interesting about palm trees, and I want to talk about your album, but what's interesting about palm trees is that uh, they're not native to Los Angeles. Uh, um, did you learn this from me or did you learn this from somebody else? I, I Googled it okay. and I did learn it from someone else as right. well. Uh, but I wanted to, like, what, if they're not native from... And nobody's Los native to Los Angeles. It's like the palm trees are like mocking us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. do you, I mean, how much is so that? So there is a Mexican fan palm, which is native, and it will grow if you don't water it. The other ones are all South American. They're from Paraguay. They're from... They're from fucking Africa. They're from anywhere, mostly tropical. California is not tropical. We're fronting like we are. We're just a <laughs> desert with a beach. So we're like subtropical. So they can exist there, but they don't flourish. So this is fucked up. We're talking about palm trees. But it's real because <laughs> I bought a house and I bought all these different palm trees and I planted them. So I learned about all of them. King palms, queen palms, triangle palms, fucking foxtail palms. I learned about them all. And yeah, none of them are native. So I watered the shit out of them. Is that kind of like for you? I mean, I want to talk about, obviously, I want to talk about your music, but is that. I'll keep talking about palm trees. Is that an, is, are palm trees an escape for you? It's kind of like whatever shit's going on. I think like, so. When I went to Brazil, they were fucking amazing. It was like, wow, this is how palm trees are supposed to grow. This is what they look like <laughs> in their environment. You know what I mean? Evidence, you did it with this one, man. Fire, woman. Gotcha. You have to take it back. A one, two. All brand new would be the black Jew. Niggas can't fuck with my view. How I maneuver through, licking off at your Subaru, and my bark turns pit bulls to school. So I'm turning your music, of course I do, and I and I and I, I did tweet you asking about this, uh, whether uh, the Planet Asia, the medicine. Oh, that was you. That was me. Yeah. Um, you produced that back in 2006. That was the first uh, album I ever did. Yeah. First produced production. First album. production album you ever did. Um, you've done much more since, obviously. Um, mm, not only recently. Right, right. I mean, so recently, but you've also like I've done a lot of tracks for people over the years, but yeah, taking doing, taking the album thing more serious is a recent goal. And there's something that you look back at the album, the medicine. Is there? 
a session, maybe a, a track, you, or even a conversation you might have had with uh, Plant Asia, where you would have now, as a kind of a more experienced producer, that you think you might have approached differently? Um, maybe, but I don't regret any of that, because I was always in the moment, so I wouldn't really want to. You know what I mean? I think that's the beauty of that record, is when we did it. Um, and that, you know, let's be honest, that's a really fucking good rap. So, so, so that was a good introduction for me to do an album because, you know, he, he, could, he could take my beats up a notch with the way he raps. You know, his flow is, um, is like the hi-hat or it's very percussive. So, you know, on, he could move a track. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of beauty to that. But I think I did a good job of supplying him a big background. I mean, I think I haven't asked him, but I bet you he'd say the same thing because when he performs, he still performs a lot of those songs. Mm. So it must have, we must have done something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you talk to a lot of people, and one thing they say is that you're, as an MC, as an artist, you're you're just kind of really inviting in, term, in terms of like we learn, you know, we learn a lot about you, and you're open, and it's kind of there's an appreciation of what you do, uh, and you see it in your photography, but also uh, I feel personally that you see it in your your videos, where like there's something about your videos that. I'm like, oh, he's taking us on an adventure. He's taking us on a journey of where yeah. he is, you know, with whether or not you have Throw It All The Way, Jim Dean, 10,000 Hours. And I got um, three more ready. And three more. Re- so what is it, how do you approach the video that makes it kind of compelling to the viewer? I can't understand how somebody can make a great product, like a great record, and come out the studio just feeling like we just did it, and they put it in their car, and they just like, wow, they get that redemption from the music that it gives when you do something right. And then do shit album cover <laughs> in a <laughs> shitty ass video. I'm like, Yo, what part of the fucking game is that? Because you gotta understand, what made me such a rap fan was UMTV Raps and was was BET and uh, you know, Rap City was so important. And like, the first time I ever heard Special Ed, I got it made. I saw the video at mm-hmm. the exact same time. I was seeing it and hearing it. So not only am I hearing this great song coming at my ears. But then I'm getting to see what he looks like, how, what his swag is, what he's wearing, where he's from. And it just brought me in. DOC, funky enough. That video did a lot to me. Uh, EPMD, so what you're saying. Like, all these videos, I remember Boogie Down, uh, My Philosophy, Karis One, all these videos were like, they made you the, they sold it, man. They sold it so tough. So for me, how you drop off at the audio was baffling. To me, that was never the goal. It was the goal was make something good enough to be a video. Right, right. You know, like if you can if you can kill it, then this can become a visual. And you couldn't have a visual as easy back then, so you really had to strive to make something worth a visual. And um, I do think the Instagram thing in the last few years has really given me an edge because I really understand composition now and lighting, <laughs> and I can really enforce it because to me now it's just pictures are moving. It's not like I'm not a motion picture. It's a real. I'm taking those words literally. So. Right. Yeah, it's just either snap it or you make it move. I, but the the the, uh, the the uh the approach is exact same. And so like Van Styles or Steven Vanasco, he went he's going by his real name now. Um, you know, I found this. I met him on Instagram and now he's like my f- favorite video guy and he shot my album cover and it's like uh hey, the power of meeting like-minded people is is way open right now. So it's it's a blessing. Has that changed your Instagram and the way you approach videos? How, how has that changed your writing style or your lyrics? Making videos? Yeah, video. I mean, are you kind of creating a lyric to knowing that? No, they're separate want- to me. I don't think about I'm never thinking about the visual until it's time. Okay. Yeah, there's never, that becomes like, okay, what's the song going to be now? Let's Let's think of the right thing to go to this. But it's definitely completely separate. I never have created a song with the intention of this is how I'll do it visually. 
it's always the next step. There's something, I mean, you're saying where to be a complete artist, you not just the album, but the video, but then also there's the live show. And oh, I, and that's the other part we're not talking about. Yeah. And I've never, I've never had the experience and I do want the experience to see an evidence live show, Cool. but everyone I've spoken to that has seen the evidence live show is just blown away. And one thing they always say is they talk about this and I don't know if it's true or not, but there's this illustration of a squirrel in the background. Oh yeah. My uh, logo. What? Why? Why is there, we have squirrels in New York City? But why the squirrel? I I just I have a family of them in my backyard, and I feed them, and they depend on me, and I don't plan on letting them down. So yeah, they become my friends. Are they like kind of? Is it? Are they like a dog? I mean, is it? Is it just? Are they? No, they're wild. You know what I mean? But I I have a I have a house with a backyard. You know, and I grew all kind of palm trees and bamboo and everything. So I've created like this little ecosystem. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. No, I, I just. I just think they're funny, man. It's just a j- fucking... Basically, I created the whole squirrel thing because Alchemist hates when I do it, and I just, <laughs> I just do it to piss him off. And it just kept going. This is whether or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. the west so start moving towards the exit when the next motherfucker lacking presence trying to set it okay of course i want to turn to your album uh whether or not it's a great album uh it's the final chapter of the weatherman series um what how does it help to have kind of a central theme when you're writing an album or albums as an artist yeah it makes it easier to have something to go on to like Put yourself in a place, maybe you know what I mean. Like, like um, I'm putting myself in a dark world and putting myself in a rainy situation. What you know? And then Venice, Venice Beach is not the sunny place everyone thinks it is. You know, you can be in Hollywood. It's a great day at the beach. Let's go to Venice. And you get there and it's gloomy and marine layered out. You know, so yeah, it's a, it's a little different. Um, but creating a character or like a superhero for yourself weatherman it's, it's, it's fun just to begin with it's adolescent yeah. return when i've been given you now rocking with the west so start moving towards the exit when the are you writing everything like you talk about venice beach a lot but are you writing everything in venice beach uh, to get that inspiration no i didn't i mean i write most of my rhymes at home but i don't write like other people do most like fashion and mad child and some of my friends they have so many books of rhymes like they that's what they do they don't they wake up and write it's just part of their thing they're real writers i don't do that i don't have any books full i don't even know where any of my little rhymes are i don't start writing until the beat tells me so like i'm t- my lyrics are totally driven by the music you know so when That'll make me have a different kind of flow than people. I don't write in my head and hear the cadence and all that. I just, when the beat comes on good enough that it's talking to me, I just start writing. And I don't really think about the mathematics and I don't think about all the nerdy shit. I just do what I do. You know, and if (laughs) it lines up and it lands on the fucking snare, I I won. That's it, you know. I listen to music and I listen to your album and and, and, and for me it's like maybe like little words like kind of, throw out you know like they, they stand out to me and i don't know why maybe it's add and not lack of sleep because of two kids but uh and uh throw it all the way uh you mentioned alchemist you mentioned air, air sirens and you mentioned killer mike um 
What's their importance to you as an artist? Those three? Yeah. Alchemist is probably is one is one of, if not my best friend, and uh, if not one of my biggest inspirations. So it's a little weird with that sometimes, where I I have to treat it a little delicate sometimes in the sense that I have to remind myself who I'm hanging out with, not just my friend. You know what I mean? But I have to remind myself of his accomplishments and keep checking myself to let myself know this is not a, a light thing. This is a motherfucking. Something to be inspired by So that happens And so he's probably Alchemist is my biggest inspiration Across the board uh, Raka is my big brother um, You know him and I Don't talk all the time We don't hang out all the time anymore But The love is the deepest there Because especially when I was younger You know he really helped me Navigate through some growing up You know so it's just like um, Yeah he, he'll, he'll always just have A very special place And um, Killer Mike <laughs> I don't know Killer Mike too well uh, I've met him a bunch of times Hung out with him a bunch of times I would say to say that we're friends You know what I mean When Killer Mike sees me It's the definite genuine Authentic love uh, Authentic I fuck with you You're the fucking man type shit Which is obviously mutual Because I respect him so much Um so yeah, I don't think I want to get to know Killer. I think I think I like it just where it is. I think that's just perfect, right there. Yeah. Got my people in, they got my back entirely. I kill with our science on the side of me. By myself, I lay him out and iron out the irony. What a long winding road it's been. With no sign of slowing up around. Love your fans and like your label. I'm not making shit for neither. You lay that on, on the table. You, <laughs> whether or not, I want to ask you about how 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 have you developed in, in terms of like. How has your purpose of music changed since you started out? And then what was it in, when you first kind of... St- what was it when you first started and, and how did it involve the place you are now? Because that that lyric to me just kind of shows that you've developed into this artist that is like, what I, you know... Yeah, well, you, when you make your first album, you have no fan. Right. <laughs> and and so you got to remind yourself of that. That's what drew everyone to you, was what you wrote before you knew them. Right. So then to create for them... Is a fuck thing. I think that's why sophomore jinx happens. Because, mm, yeah. you know, you, you make this album in your high school and writing it throughout your life, and then you bring it to everybody, and they love you. And then you tour, and then you see that kid in the front row or that girl in the front row and how they reacted. And then when you start going back to create it, you think about them. <laughs> What's going to make that girl? She liked this one. I should make another one like that. Or right. this kid jumped crazy when I did this one. We need another beat like that. And then right. you start getting out of the natural creation and you're emulating. Right. Yourself, which is the fucking worst thing to do. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then your label, too, you know, is like, uh, yeah, love your fans and like your label. Um, the label, I've learned, it's been hard. It's been a very, very hard lesson for me. And this is one thing I think a lot of people should definitely, if there's anything out of the interview to take is this, is uh, business and personal should, at a point with the label, remain separate. You know, it's it's very easy to fall into bed with people who work at a label and become friends with them. I don't think it's the best idea. And a manager, too. You need to, can't give all your friendship to them. You need to draw a line somewhere and let them know that this is a working relationship. And uh, when it does go past that, it can get really hurtful if it breaks up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or and it goes the wrong way. So, yeah, just... Um, but you got to love your fans, though. That's right. one thing, you know. And so, yeah, like your label, like your manager... But keep it a business and keep it keep it one hundred with them on on some 
this is how we make money and this is our job. You know what I mean? And um, I'm not saying don't reward them or show them love. There's a time and a place for everything. But the times that I became really good friends with my managers and at, at some point it didn't go right, it led to a lot of bitter things. And those people remain in the industry. So you don't want to see them constantly through the rest of your career and have roadblocks. You might as well just keep it Love your fans and like your label. And I ain't making shit for neither. Lay that on the table. I'm making shit for me until the vision's done. For me, there's a there's a there's a there's a mood a mood to the album, and you get to uh, track six, which is moving too fast, and it's uh, it's the shortest track on the album. It's not an interlude. It's an interlude, yeah. yeah. And as a listener, for me, it kind of resets everything in terms of like what I'm hearing. Uh, what's the purpose of this track, but also yeah, the why sequencing six. of this album went through so much evolution? <laughs> and you have no idea. It was all backwards. It was totally wrong the way it was. I finally figured it out at the end. I was looking in the wrong place for the sequence. Um, Alchemist helped me sequence it. Twiz the Beat Pro helped me sequence it. My friend Federico Seasick Lopez, he helped me sequence it one time. Hip Hop, you know, my fucking legendary A&R, he helped me um, sequence it. And then I, I went with all their ideas and rode around to it. This is not it. And so what I was doing wrong was is I had a lot of features and I was trying to separate them. Mm, that was okay. my basis for the for the sequences. Keep guess things not happening back to back, not happening in chunks, you know, and spread them through. And it was the dumbest thing. And how I finally figured it out was is I have four tracks by Alchemist. I have two tracks by Knots. I have two tracks by Budgie. I have three tracks. So what I did instead of just looking at who was on one, I just said I'm going to put Throw It All Away and Powder Cocaine next to each other because those are both alchemists. <laughs> so that frequencies are going to be flushed through that. Then I'm going to try to put, you know, I, Love is a Funny Thing and Sell Me This Pen Together because those are both alchemists, and that's going to cover that where it's all feeling flush. Then at the last two, I'm going to put the two tracks by Budgie back to back. So those are going to feel flush. So you got these, like, chunks of different production, almost like little mini segments of different producers throughout my album, their takes on it verse sonically so it really it started to work you know so i had to actually listen to the music to get the right uh, sequence not visually see it which was really difficult speaking of um you talk about uh features uh and with uh runners featuring defari yeah um and, and even all the features on this album it it, it comes off as if you're you kind of all the you guys are all having a conversation together uh, you go like you know your verse Defari's verse is like it seems like is that purposeful that um, one we're going back and forth a lot um, we had this thing called Keeping on the Rise back in the day part two where we went back and forth and we had this thing called Don't Hate and he just I produced his album a first song called Acknowledgement we're doing the back and forth so we just kept it going it's our fourth back and forth record I think we're good at it because we don't we, it is more conversational you know and we do it where I, I stop and then wherever I stop, if it's an odd bar, an even bar, I say, that's it. And then he goes, okay, I pick up there. So everything gets written as the song moves along. It's not like we both write all your verses and then figure out how to put them together. It, it literally gets built. And so that's super fun to work with someone who's willing to do that. Um, and it's, I do feel like that. I feel like there's no battles on this record. I think John Wayne technically rapped better than I did on 
to make a long story longer. I really do. But you can't deny my verse either because yeah. I said some really, you know, I've been a lot of places when I stare at a map but never been to therapy for me. That's rap. Like I said some of my realest lines. So, um, and I think love is a funny thing is another good example. We're all focused on what love, how love is a funny thing to us. It's not really about if I'm better than you or not. You, you could argue and say Rhapsody maybe bodied us, you know, but I don't, I don't know because I feel like my verse is what made Styles P right. And Styles P's verse is what made Rhapsody right. <laughs> and so it was, once again, we were building something. It right. should go up, you know, right. if, if everything was right. So, yeah, really honest collabs and um, things that happened at my studio. Most of the vocalists did them there. So there, there was a chance to actually build with them verse, you know, mailing it out. Speaking of love is a funny thing. Um, you answered how did the track come together. You kind of answered how the track come together. But what was, you know, what was happening in your life that kind of inspired you to write this track yeah love this company the money brings every yo every year my circle is getting smaller not ben baller everyone thinks i say not ben ballin but no not ben baller my homie but never had a thin wallet uh i I was just talking i was money troubles so my money troubles are a little different than other people in the sense that um i bit off a lot i can't chew i mean a lot i can't chew sometimes in the sense that i bought a property that was expensive and property tax and car and health insurance and so like my broke is like making a lot of money is just enough to I, I'm not at eating yet right <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah. so like it's a different kind of thing like I do gross a substantial amount of money but what I can net after the way my life is set up is a little tricky sometimes okay so um, it's a different kind of struggle you know it's a different kind of struggle and I can't get too far behind in my mortgage otherwise I'm gonna lose this house which is what I promised my mother I would do, which now I have a son, and there's no fucking way this isn't going to be his, you know? So it's it's bigger than just, like... Lots of, every, every man thinks his his problem is heaviest, basically. <laughs> and But this is mine, you know? That's yeah. all I know. Uh, whether or not, is, I think, is also... It's, you get very personal. But you all, I th- feel like you, you're you very personal in, in a lot of your, your rhymes. Uh, and you in, in Bad Publicity, you say, uh, towards a step of what I want to become shed so much skin the old oh, michael, michael is done yeah uh well what do you want to become but also who is the old michael well they say every 10 years you shed so much skin you literally become a new person <laughs> you know that's actually something i've heard so i thought that was um i'm feeling like that you know the, the, the end of the 30s happened you know what i mean and it's like okay this is another cycle we're shaking off losing folks relationships are you're not just the same person people who want to argue with you over something you said 10 years ago i'm like i don't even I don't even know who that was, yeah. man. I've come so far since then, you know. So it's hard to align yourself with sometimes with people who aren't growing, um, and it's frustrating. And so, yeah, maybe that's just like a, a kind of like a snide remark, a little bit to some friends who I wish kind of moved along and didn't. And now we just uh, such so much skin. Old Michael is done, and everything I stood for is waging its war. You know, I can't. I, I miss the road when I'm at home. I miss home on tour. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's a lot of questions about getting old is not for the fucking week. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, in Raindrops, I like, I mean, I'm going to ask you a lot about your lyrics. Cause, no, it's uh, cool. Um, in Raindrops, she spent another day to push because the night is long yeah. and went to writer's box just to write a song. Yeah. One, um, what do these lyrics mean to you? But also, your 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 job in a way is to be a lyricist, right? Yeah. Uh, so what happens? How do you deal with? I, I imagine the biggest fear is having writer's block. It sucks. Man. How do you deal with that? I, I searched and searched and searched and searched, but the, here's the fucked up part. 
the verse I was I never had I didn't have writer's block but I, I had the uh, nothing is good enough thing going right, right. Yeah, yeah. so that's the kind of writer's block because you're not keeping anything right. you're crumbling up paper so that's it's almost just as bad right yeah um but you know, the, a lot of the things I crumbled up and thought was writer's block are on this album. Oh, really? Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't officially throw them away or burn them? <clears throat> or maybe I, I saved it in an old session and came back. You know what I mean? Or something. I'm, I'm acting like an old person now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you typed, it on the, you typed it on the typewriter and then you just like crumbled it up and threw it away. Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> so yeah, that. Um, a lot of questioning yourself, man, feeling like nothing is good enough. I think you have to come to this point some point in your career, man. If it's just all good all the way through and everything you write is the shit, and <laughs> I don't fuck. I can't fuck with that. There's got to be a challenge and got to be a doubt and a, a bridge to overcome. Um, you know, I watched interviews. I, f- I found the MF Doom interview talking about writer's block. I watched that. I Watched Will I Am talking about writer's block. I was Googling artists who have writer's block. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I was trying to figure it out. They all said the same thing. You got to write through it. Write through it. Write through it. Write through it. Just get through it. Don't put your pen down. Just get through it. And MF Doom said the best. He said, you got to get through it because when it does happen, if you're not ready, you're going to miss it. <laughs> so it's showing me, you know, sometimes it. I'm not thinking of all of this shit, but it's not, I don't think it's given to me from a higher power either, but it's, how do you get it? You know what I mean? It's experience, it's life, it's trials, tribulations, it's, uh, it's resentment, it's love, it's anger, it's joy, it's all of that. And so how do you b- trap that into words sometimes? It's a tall order for anybody, you know? How do you know you over? How do you, how, how did you know you overcame it? I mean, you know, you're writing lyrics, so you're able to write, you're writing lyrics, that you feel are not good enough. But then how do you know when the lyric is, I guess, good enough? Or great? When it comes down to, um, sometimes when it comes down to a deadline. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's... The deadline might be it. You might, you're, I, talk, I talk to your old Drew on the phone sometimes, you know. He said, he was putting out his album packs, you know. And I said, uh, is this your best work? And he said, it's the best I could do right now. <laughs> and I was right, like, right. I fucking, I was like, what a great answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yes, that's right. Exactly. You put 1,000 hours on this track and this album, uh, of course, produced by DJ Premier. Uh, this is not the first time you've spit over a Premier beat, but. From an outside perspective, you hear think about Premier, you think about how this guy's a legend. Do you, as an artist, put extra pressure on yourself when kind of Premier is dropping a beat for you, or do you kind of approach it the same way? I could tell you a secret. The key to me having success on Premier's beats is not writing to them. Because that beat wasn't telling me to talk about some emo type of shit. Right, yeah, yeah. So I feel like if I write to his beats, I'm going to fall all the way into him. So I try to write just to a really happy beat or a fucking like a really easy piano scale or something that's just way simple and then spit it over that and then it becomes that contrast that I need. So for the you, I didn't write you to premieres. I've never told this to anybody. But I didn't write you, the song off Cats and Dogs, yeah. to that beat and I didn't write 10,000 hours to this beat. 
What's his response when never told him? <laughs> so don't tell him. All right, uh, Premier, don't listen to this, please. Thanks. Uh, you spit on ten thousand hours. I took my time to find my own shit. Ten thousand hours, no bar type of loan shit because I own it. Because I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own it. Yeah. Um, how would you right now define yourself as an MC? And then original. You- I'm definitely original. You can. That's you cannot take that away from me. That's it. I mean, you can say anything else, but you can't say I'm fucking copying somebody. Sure. And then how how did how did you know when? It took me a long time it. to get to this point because I. The first line was most. I was guarded as an artist from the first day I started. I lowered my voice deep and tried to rap hardest. <laughs> I wasn't me all the way, you know. So once I find I'm coming into myself, um, stopping. I, I don't. I consider less what other people, even my heroes, think of my music nowadays. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm becoming me. It took. I'm just a late bloomer. It took me a little too long, but I'm. I'm here. You talked about your fans earlier. Um, how do you develop yourself as an artist but ensure that you're keeping your fans but also growing your fan base at the I, same that's time? That's how the fuck knows. Man. How do you keep your fans and grow as an what artist? Mean, I, I guess you just have to be... I mean, I'm not trapping, right? I'm not throwing them for like a complete... Th- I, there's two kinds of artists. There's the ones who never do the same thing twice. You get your Andre 3000s. You get your people who are known for... You like this? Good. It ain't happening again. Yeah, Enjoy yeah. it. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm going to be on some next shit. You're outcast, that type of group. Or or you get your artists who are like um, who are like Supreme or like a shop that you know what you go there for. Right. And they do it good. So, yeah. It's, um, I've been more like the latter of the two. I think I built something that people like and they know they can go there for it more than um, I'm going to keep them guessing and... I, I've become an artist you can trust, but that's not always good. Sometimes it's better to be an artist you can't trust. You know what I mean? So, um, with that said, I do think I've shown growth. Right. Uh, all four records are weather themed, but I do think I don't think I've repeated the audio. Right, right. So, there's something you do the last track of the album, uh, "By My Side" too. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's kind of it's 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 an amazing track, but it's also obviously a very personal track because. You talk about your son, you talk about your girlfriend, and I have two kids, so I can imagine, you know, the conversation you have with your son and also your girlfriend. But it's talking about your girlfriend's battle with cancer. Um, when you're writing to a track like this that is so personal, how does it help you in your personal life to kind of understand or maybe kind of come to grips in a way of what's happening in your personal life? And then why share it with the public or the audience? So the um, well, first and foremost, the title. So the, it's important for people to know. There's a song called "By My Side," which is the same beat, which is on Alchemist and Budgie's gospel album called "The Good Book." Right. And I have a completely different rhyme. It's not anything deep over that beat, but I really love the beat. Always did, you know. And so um, I was going through my instrumentals in my iTunes, and then the instrumental of that popped back up, and I started. Uh, hearing that voice that singing over and over and it was just really you know probably had just came back from a, a chemo session or something like that which we were doing or radiation or whatever it was and i um just started documenting what i've been seeing it was so easy to my lady losing her hair you know and i go to sit with her. and then i, I mad child was over somebody was over i said yo i just wrote this line it fucked me up and i said uh, and i told him what it was i didn't play the recording and he, he wrote he went don't do that man the fuck i don't I don't want to hear that. You know, and then I was right. like, you're right. 
So I put it away for a while, and then uh, I kept adding lines to it. I just kept adding lines because it was like helping me talk it out almost, you know? And then I um, started crying crazy hard while I was rapping it, you know, like really bad. And uh, or the, you do that, like, yeah. you know, you can't even talk. It's like you're like um, like freezing almost. You're, 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 teeth are chattering almost you know what i mean and uh, i was just like okay so i'm feeling it this is where music is really working like it's and music is like bringing out some crazy shit and um and i played her before i talked out the end and put my son in it i had just i played her the rap and um it was really emotional and i just said i'll put it away and i just wanted to share that and then she she was like i would really like it if you shared that with everybody so i was like really you sure <laughs> and she said yeah it's serious and i really like that so i did it and then i um i had produced last call with kanye west on college dropout which was a big moment for me in my career you know and um i'll f- never forget he just talked the end of the whole song out for like six minutes he just it was the end of his album and he just stopped rhyming and just told his whole life story. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember asking him why, and he was like, "Cause ain't nothing gonna rhyme. I, I can't tell this in rhyming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, how am I gonna rhyme this? I'm just gonna tell it." So I thought, you know what? I am the producer of that song. I'll, for me to bite that is not really a bite, since I was legit involved with that. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm just gonna talk it out and explain what happened. And then I, um, I really wanted to put a really positive twist on it. You know what I mean? I really like. We alive, survive, son's voice, happy mommy, daddy, squirrel, let's go. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he even dropped the mic. You can hear it. <clears throat> you know, I, I kept it in there because I was like, this is all just really happening. You know what I mean? So, um, but uh, the song is fucking with me a little bit because we're dealing with it again right now. You know, okay. I, I made that in, in um, it's fucking with me a little bit. Did I make it too soon? You know, is I because he was in two years of um, remission. You know, and it's like, did we celebrate too early? And I'm having a lot of little doubts. I mean, um, wonders of if I made if I didn't make it. Well, you know, just but dumb shit. I shouldn't it, be. Yeah. It's not that true, but it, you know, you just question a lot. So, um, so, yeah, I wish I was celebrating it a little bit different than where it is right now. But um, I just hope that it ends right and then the song really means what it means again so my lady losing her hair i go to sit with her to sit in that uncomfortable chair got it holding her hand right beside me to bring the chemo out and hook into the ivy the doctor like a dealer way pumping them drugs hard to watch shit like this i give a fuck if you thug i give a fuck if you've seen it all you ain't seen this when the for you, I don't know how to transition. Uh, for you, talk about rap again. <laughs> it's not going to work, you know. A um, uh, couple more questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you're. Um, for you, what? Out of the whole series, but also on this album, yeah. what track kind of best represents the mission of this album? And then, if you look at the series, what track kind of represents the mission of the tra- of the of the series? title track is probably it represents the album really well um, one of my favorite bad movies probably I've ever got from him and, uh, yeah I think I said it I think uh, just the soundscape of that just probably my favorite mix on the album the biggest sonic scape um, so I would say the title track 
as it should. You know what I mean? Like that's that's always good to nail it on the title track. What was it? Two parts. What was the other part? Uh, what track kind of represents the series to you? Um, the series would be best described on this album. Um, the throw it all away. Mm. The raining video, the imagery that came with it, the alchemist beat. The alchemist is the constant throughout everything. You know. Um, Your favorite lyric that you've kind of like you've you've written and you're like, holy shit, I wrote that. You know, I wrote that. There's a couple good ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty. So a lot of the lyrics are really like stuffed in. I, I moved out of punchlines, you know. So I'm packing the punchlines in the middle sometimes, or in the places that aren't obvious, so things slip by people, you know. But uh, you know, um, 91 Dub C, don't work, you don't eat. I mean, that's 91 was the year W C and the Mad Circle dropped their album, and their favorite, my favorite song off that album was called "Don't Work, You Don't Eat." Right? So it's <laughs> nice. like. I mean, there's just so much coded in there that people might not even right. get. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so many things like that. I have a weird question. Yeah. Okay, obviously, your name is Evidence. Yeah. And through one thing that throughout your career that I've noticed is that you always play on your name a lot in in your you, you not always, but you play on your name a lot in your your rhymes, and also you your features do it as well. Yeah, because it's fun to rhyme evidence with presidents. Right. So what is, I mean, when you, <laughs> what does that do to you as an artist? I mean, like, I mean, when you hear that, are you like, ah. It's, no, I like it because it means like, you know, if Dre was doing an album, you'd talk about Dre. Yeah, yeah, yeah It yeah. shows me that they fuck with me. All right, nice. nice. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So you, this is my last question, I promise. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. You talked about doing graph earlier. Yeah. You're, one thing I, I another, another thing I appreciate about you is that you're, you are part of hip hop culture. You're not just being a rapper to be a rapper. Let's say if you look at the commercial representation of hip hop, it's the lyricist or the MC. But if you, as someone who appreciates, I think each element of the culture had an opportunity to like, I want this element to be the commercial representation of hip hop. What would you choose? And why would you choose it? I really want to be known for being a double or triple threat, you know, Havoc from Mob Deep, LP, RZA, Kanye West. That's where I, w- I want to fall in line with them. I could make a beat. I could write a rap. You need me to tag your fucking art? I could do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My dancing is limited, but I'll do a freeze, like a ill B-boy pose for you or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so, yeah, just want to be known as just, you could do that shit. You know, you could jump on stage, whatever. I use evidence, new album, whether or not. Uh, it's been a great honor to have you in the library. That was good. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Who's on first? It's my dog. It's his tail. It's the chase. It's the search. It's the ignorance that causes all the bliss in my surroundings. Because dealing with realities like drawing out your boundaries. And I refuse to be referred as less than a creative. So catch me when I'm live in town as I've been demonstrating. So that I can find my greatness in the waking of my absence. And absolutely kill it when they dealing out these bad hands. Player plays what a player's dealt. He carries baggage like conveyor belts and never fucking saves his wealth. I got some money, I'ma blow it all today. They say, Michael, don't throw it all away. And my reply was, there's more on the way. When I said it, I was walking in the rain. I write to alchemists because others don't inspire me. I got my people in, they got my back entirely. I kill without a science on the side of me. By myself, I lay him out and iron out the irony. 
What a long winding road it's been With no sign of slowing up around its turns and bends How many have friends that ain't foes within Dirty laundry in the wash but them clothes don't spin I mean really, I kill two birds with one bullet The targets when I line it up, the triggers when I pull it out the gate A bit late but the champ is back I need a third hand to wear my rings and hold plaques I hit the track like the runners knew Hands high like a sticker, killer Michael running jewels. It's true, the eye slanted, my fam rock the planet. Don't take fans for granted like the money is due. Uh, I got some money, I'ma blow it all today. They say, Michael, don't throw it all away. And my reply was, there's more on the way. When I said it, I was walking in the rain. I got some money, I'ma blow it all today. They say, Michael, don't throw it all away. And my reply was, there's more on the way. When I said it, I was walking in the rain. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.